Welcome to episode 14 of the Stageworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby, and my guest today is Mark Allen, an actor-singer from Toronto. Mark is currently working with Smile Theatre, a Toronto-based company that performs for senior citizens. Our conversation picks up just as we're starting to talk about Smile Theatre, although the company name is cut off at the beginning of the audio. On Stageworthy, I interview people who make theater from actors, directors, playwrights, and more, and talk to them about everything from why they chose the theater to their work process and anything in between. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, and consider leaving a comment or rating. senior audiences so people that can't get out anymore Mm. so we either go um, to little like legion halls Mm -hmm. or theater spaces or um, we go to like right into the nursing homes and long-term care homes Mm. sometimes Um, the other day we just did one that was like it was at some conference center I'm not even sure what it was for exactly but it was like 300 people we walked in we didn't know that it was going to be like that big because usually like these are like smaller like yeah, it's little, yeah. little things you tour out it's like every day you know we meet in the morning and we tour out um, you know and it's maybe about 50 to 60 people you know yeah. sometimes I mean when we go to the theater things they can be a bit bigger but we didn't know this is a new thing that they were doing that they got asked to do and uh, we walked in and it was like this huge like benefit thing that was going mm. on uh, for like 300 people so it was, it was pretty cool but it's a it's yeah it's a good company it's and is it is it is there a, sh- a particular show is it a uh, uh, like a, a cabaret type thing or is it um well they do four different types of shows a year and they just vary so this one is actually um it's it's got original music in it for like there's one song to mm-hmm. kind of like the show's called remember that song right. and um because the show smile they usually like they have their shows and they have writers and they write shows and stuff like this and they can be little jukebox things with kind of a storyline through mm-hmm. or they can be completely original like they did one called in flanders fields that we've done mm-hmm. and it was all new music and you know about john McCray and his life mm-hmm. um but this one is like um they got together with a group of seniors the, this, these two writers and uh, they collected these stories, and then they created one story out of it about these two people meeting, or how, how their lives ended up together and, and beyond. So it's uh, pretty interesting. So it's the one song is like original, mm. and then the rest of it is like their lives through the years and the songs that meant something to them. Because they, I guess this writer, there's been these new studies done on like Alzheimer's patients and stuff like that how mm-hmm. mu- music um, really like triggers things for them right yeah so he kind of wanted to he kind of wanted to hear from seniors and find out like what songs really meant things to them at certain mm-hmm. times of their lives so it's it's pretty interesting and it's a you know it's a good response it's like one of those jobs it's not like obviously not one of the most glamorous jobs no you're, you're kind of traveling in a van and you're like setting your stuff up and sitting down it, it, it's an equity gig which is great and you're home every night pretty much yeah in Toronto which is like unheard of pretty much unless you're doing a murder show right? yeah yeah <laughs> so um, so um, 
but you you see people's responses and then like nurses will come up nurses will come up to us and they'll be like that man hasn't had any recognition or any speech in huh. like six months and he's like singing along and then afterwards like speaking to us and wow. us that he enjoyed the show so it's pretty wow, it's a pretty cool is, company it's yeah. been around for 40 years this, oh, this company oh. yeah hmm. so it's a good one of those like you feel you're doing something a little bit more valuable with your talent if that makes any sense it, it, it does I mean we're entertaining people is like what we do and that's like bringing happiness to people but yeah. when you can bring it to people that are in positions that you know this really is a highlight of like, yeah. you know their their time hmm. is, a, is a great opportunity that's very cool to, yeah. that's very cool yeah it's cool when did you first realize just just uh, just going going away from that for a second when did you first realize that that theater was something that you wanted to do um, I think I was pretty young. Uh, I think as soon as I kind of, you know, when you're like a little kid, you're like, I want to be a cop and you watch stuff on TV. Yeah. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a detective and I want to be Batman. <laughs> and when I kind of got that, cause I would watch TV and get those ideas, mm -hmm. you know? And when I kind of got the, got the recognition of like, oh, well, these people are actors they pretend at this and that's their mm -hmm. job I was like oh you can be everything <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty young that I decided and I, I, I was fortunate enough to like in my I, went, I grew up in uh, just outside of Ottawa and they had um, drama programs in the public school mm. which I, I don't know if a lot of people have that no I think not I don't think yeah but and we were so we were pretty lucky and so like started grade five so we weren't like so little mm -hmm. uh, grade five and um, we had like this fabulous woman like her name was Carol Hay and she's pretty involved in the industry I think she does film and TV stuff now or she produces mm -hmm. stuff anyways I remember that when we were kids because we lived up in Ottawa there's the, that show you can't do that on television oh yes yeah and she yeah. Had, she was like the drama coach for the kids on okay. that show so it was like high stakes being yeah. in her class it's always funny when I hear people talk about you can't do that on television I remember that as this little this little uh, Canadian show. Yeah. There's people in the states who know it because it was on like, oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. It got or crazy, like crazy. Over there. Yeah. But, so you worked um, with that. So so yeah, worked. With, so she was my drama teacher in grade five, and she just was like, it was like a really valuable thing to have someone that was like this professional mm. working with kids, you know, because she actually taught us like a lot of things. Like I'll never forget that when we went to go see a show one time, she had a whole like. 10 minute discussion in the class of like how to be a good audience member which I don't think kids are taught at all no anymore. no and she's like you know what like you can like you can laugh if something's funny you can like um, and when you're clapping she used to say like if you're clapping you don't want to clap like this you want to clap double time because then it sounds like there's more people and the actors get more energy from <laughs> you and it's going to be a better show and I always remember that and mm. I thought it was just uh, I thought it was just amazing but anyway she, she she really kind of started the ball rolling of of my love for mm. theater, I guess. And we were fortunate enough because we lived in Ottawa, like we'd go to like the NAC quite a bit, um, you know, to see kids shows and that in in public school. And then moving into high school, the same thing, having like really good drama teachers that were really invested, like mm. not just teaching it to you know something they had to teach. Yeah, like these teachers really loved what they were doing. And so got to go to the NAC and see mm. all those kind of shows. And and uh, we're, we're able quite often to go to talkbacks. And so then I would end up being the one that would yeah. be like manipulating the talk, or not of manipulating, course. like 
um, taking over the talkback and asking all these questions. I remember like having like a half hour discussion when I was a kid with Colin Fiore and Goldie Semple, mm -hmm. you know, trying to find out everything that I could at yeah. that time, whatever was interesting to me when yeah. I was 13. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember what the first theater you saw was? I don't. Mm. I don't. I don't remember. It, I think it was a musical of some sort, though, because mm -hmm. I really, I really liked musicals too. Um, but my high school, the high school I went to, they never did musicals. Oh. And so um, when I was like sixteen, I guess what grade is that? Like eleven, ten, eleven? Yeah. Um, I was like, oh well, if I want to do musicals, I'm going to have to start doing it outside of school mm. so I started joining like all the community theater stuff right. I could find and getting involved with the musicals through that mm. which kind of just kind of spiraled into kind of what I ended up doing with my life that's kind of unusual that a high school wouldn't do musicals because that's yeah I don't know sell. you know my, t my school was originally supposed to be a tech mm -hmm. school mm. so and, and I, by the time I got there it wasn't but I don't know if that because we didn't have like we had a stage and we had some bars of light but it wasn't like crazy set up for theater mm. in our school, but our drama room was. Like oh, our okay. drama room was like, because for tech. Right. So they had like lighting boards. We had like, um, I don't know, eight or nine like lines of lights. And it was like a beautiful little black box ah. theater, but it was like t tiny. You know, you could like do shows in there and have like maybe crammed 30 people yeah. in to watch. Yeah. But the actual on stage, we didn't have we didn't have that much um, that elaborate of a setup. Yeah, I remember when I was in high school, our stage was in the cafeteria, so sound was really bad. Yeah, and it was the same place where we had all the assemblies. Yeah, so yeah, it was the same idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at what point did you real like really seriously realize that it was a thing that you could do uh, and and. Like as a as a career, I think when I started doing it outside of high school and, mm -hmm. and got like good response from people and people telling me like, oh, you should do this if you because I I would express my desire, and when the older people like the directors or whatever um, were very encouraging mm -hmm. in that, um, because my parents obviously weren't like most parents are <laughs> like do, you yeah. got to do something and I was always like no 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 <clears throat> because I think I st I started saying when I was pretty young that mm -hmm. I wanted to be an actor I think I was about grade eight so I wasn't in high school yet when I was like I know this is what I want to do yeah. and so it was like a blessing and a curse because sometimes like you know being in school you're like why do I need to learn geometry I'm going to be an actor of course yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I had a similar thing because I would be in uh, I always had trouble with math and, and I was you know the teacher would be working with me and say well what you know you're going to need math I mean what is it you're going to want to do with your life yeah. I want to be an actor and they were like well you wouldn't <laughs> need to count how many steps you were going to take never yeah i'd be no. like i never need to i would, yeah. I would always be like give me a calculator yeah because when i'm grown up i won't need to do this in my head yeah <laughs> you know so i found that hard did you did you find was it your so your parents were like trying to encourage you to do something else or yeah like they would be like they try to like steer it in like well you like to be an actor you know lawyers like people that are lawyers that's kind of like <laughs> acting and stuff like that and i was like oh god so, but then I think that they went, once I started doing it again outside of school mm -hmm. and they would come into like these bigger theaters, you know, yeah. like these, cause in Ottawa too, they have a, they don't have a huge amount of professional theater there. They have the NAC, they mm -hmm. have like GTC, GCTC, 
um, like there's like a couple. There's just like a little handful, yeah. which is why no one lives in Ottawa. They all come to Toronto. Um, but their community theaters are really well run mm -hmm. and really um, production value is just ridiculous. Mm. Like when I first got to the city and was doing shows, like I was like the theater community theater shows the production values yeah, were 10 we're really times bigger yeah. you know yeah so we, uh, you know and, and so started doing the community theater shows and and then they kind of started like seeing that um i guess when you see other people around and they're like oh they like what your kid's doing you kind of yes yeah you kind of get forced to change like oh maybe yeah. you can do it and that and they did finally like have that conversation where they thought oh i could do it did, so. did they make any any deals with you go to school like maybe take um, a theater program somewhere or anything like that or no I mean I, I had kind of always grown up when I decided I want to be an actor I knew that at the University of Windsor there was an acting program and my family all comes from Windsor and Detroit area okay. we moved away we were like the family that moved away um, so I always thought oh I'm going to go to Windsor for the for the drama program and then found out that they had a musical theater program so I thought oh even better but then right before that last year of high school <clears throat> I saw just like the teacher had up in the drama room like the different places and they had the Sheridan College poster right. and just the program and it, the program just sounded more like what I wanted mm -hmm. because again I wasn't so uh, academic I guess yeah and and you know university it's like a lot of like the writing of the all the papers and yeah like <clears throat> taking all the other stuff and I knew that I wasn't interested in doing that and it, I didn't have the patience to do things that I didn't think were going to yeah. actually I, get me to. I, I felt the same way because I initially got into Ryerson and George Brown at the same time. I decided to go to George Brown because I didn't want to take a math, a science, a right. psychology, and English. I just wanted to do theater all the time. Yeah. 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 And we had to take a couple. Like at Sheridan, you had to take like an English and, and something else. But because when I was in school, they had that grade 13. Mm -hmm. And I took my grade 13s. I kind of was... I kind of got out of okay. those first year things at college. Yeah. So it was pretty good. Nice. <laughs> nice. How long is the program at Sheridan? It's a three year program. Three year? Yes. Yeah. Did, did, I mean, did you enjoy it? Is it like. I went for a year. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. What, what happened um, at the end of that year? Um, there was just a lot of different ideas mm. that I had. Uh, and that the teachers had, I guess, not to get into anything, but there was a, there was a lot of conflicts and stuff, mm. and and so so some of the teachers there weren't into me, mm. and then some of them were, and so uh, you know they they actually asked me to leave, mm. and so one teacher came out after this meeting. He's like, they can't actually do that because of your marks. Your marks are really high, so if you go to the dean. Um, if you go to the dean, you'll be allowed back in the program. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get back into the program, and yeah. you know, I'm going to do that. And then literally slept on it that night, and woke up the next morning. I'm like, oh, oh. and he said, but if you come back, you're probably not going to be treated well by the faculty, mm. and so by those faculty members. So kind of slept on it, and then the next morning woke up. I'm like, you know what? If I'm not going to get treated well by people, I'm going to get paid to not be treated well by people. I'm not going to pay someone yeah. else, mm. and just started luckily working. Mm. I was really fortunate. You're really lucky, yeah. Because things just, yeah. you know, I mean, so much of this business, like, yes, you have to have talent. Yeah. But fuck. Um, nope. So much. Podcast. You can so say much, fuck all you want. Um, <laughs> so much is, like, the, the, how opportunities come to you. you yeah. Know, and just how things lead to other things and the people you meet and stuff yeah. like that. 
Yeah. So I was very fortunate. Do you remember what you did, like what your first My gig out of the The very was? first gig was Canada's Wonderland. Uh, <laughs> it was the first year that they, um, Paramount, or no, it was the year right before Paramount was officially going to take it over. So to kind of like lead into it, they had like a big Star Wars, um, Star Wars, Star Trek museum uh-huh. that they brought in. And then they hired a whole bunch of actors to do these environmental, they call them environmental yeah. skits. So we weren't like the strolling characters, because I think they did end up becoming strolling characters the years after they didn't yeah. do these skits anymore, which was too bad because it was a lot of fun. Um, but you basically, yeah, you'd go out and there'd be like three of you or two of you, whatever, and you'd start these like skits that would right. involve like the crowd and stuff like that. So mm. it was great fun. Um, you know, it's a, like a lot of, it was scripted, but there was like a lot of improv, so that was a lot of fun to be able to mm. do when you're, you know, kind of just learning everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, really lucky. And then I think the next thing I did that really got me, got the ball rolling was like, I was at a bar, I was at Woody's, I think. And there was like, downstairs by the bathrooms like a call board and stuff and they're like auditions for the show and I don't think it was Fringe at the time mm. it might have been I don't think it was though I think it was just some some sort of festival because there was a lot more little things like that and um, so got auditioned got this show um, and then that guy that directed the show and wrote the show he ended up being the director over at the Mousetrap on mm. the Truck Theatre okay and so, um, you know, I was like 21, I guess, when I, when did you go to school? 18. So I was probably 20 years old. Yeah. And um, he hired me to go do that show, and that's like a non-equity gig. And how that ran was that you'd go, you could just watch the show any night, just mm-hmm. come in if you're understudying, so I was understudying. Just come in any night, you just watch the show, take notes, whatever. And if you can, because they didn't pay you, um, until you were in the show, <coughs> right? Um, you would go on Monday nights and, and rehearse, and so that was that was like the thing. And then if you went on, I think it was like fifty bucks a show. Mm. So um, you know that was like great and, and stuff starting off, and then really fast. I think that I, I started understudying November, and you it was trial by fire. Like you, yeah, literally, yeah. you. I think I had like my watching of it a week. I had the one rehearsal, and I think I was on on like Tuesday. So I had like two, like a script on one side of the stage, script on mm, the other side yeah, of the stage. Yeah. You know, um, and it was a funny place. Like the truck theater, it was wasn't built to last. It was built just to be up and out. But it but was the show that ended up running for 20, like twenty. I think it was twenty six years, twenty seven yeah. years in the end. Um, and so they didn't have any kind of tannoy system. Mm-hmm. So the show mm-hmm. was going on upstairs. Dressing rooms were downstairs. And you kind of had to keep your ear up, but you couldn't kind of really hear. Oh. And so there'd be like multiple times where like you'd, they'd be like, you know, you'd hear like a line spoken really loud <laughs> twice, and you're like, people are yeah, running, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. just running upstairs to get on stage. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I think like in January, the guy left that I was understudying, and so I, I took it over. Huh. And so then I, now I was like making, uh, I think it was like 350 a week. But it, back then, that wasn't so bad. No. I think that my rent, I was living with three other roommates and I think we paid like, I think I paid 250 or something like that. And so like suddenly I was like the big money roller. Of course, yeah. yeah. And I would be the one that would like cover the rent and people would put up how much they owed me on the fridge and yeah. stuff like that. It was like ridiculous, but it was like good. Like it allowed me to live mm-hmm. just as at being an actor. Yeah. And then also the good thing about that job when I, when I was doing it was that they... Um, 
So they had the understudies, how I told you, but because it was like a non-paid thing, they'd have like a list of people. So there'd be like all these people underneath you that would be understudying. So I was understudying, I was the next in line, so mm -hmm. I bumped up. Luckily, happened to be the only one at the time. But then they would hire more people. And so if you got like a summer job, like a summer show, yeah. you could literally tell these understudies, hey look, do you want to cover for me for two months? Um, and and if they agreed to it, you're off. Like you you hmm. go do your other show. And so it kind of became like this day job to go back to. Oh, it well, was really wild. Convenient. It was really yeah. it was it was great. Like uh, as a young actor, like having that freedom. Yeah. And you know, like not having to work a waitering job, not having to work you know uh, any kind of like yeah. tempy officey job. Um, was just very fortunate. And that's very lucky. You know? How long? How long did you do the mousetrap for? I think that I did it. I think I did it for five years, off and on. That is a long time mm -hmm. to do a show. Yeah, but would come and go. Yeah. But also, yes, very long time, and learned such valuable lessons in that. Like, well, that's. I mean, I was just gonna say because yeah. like how to keep a show fresh over a long period how of to time. Keep it fresh. Like a yeah. valuable thing to learn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like that's yeah. I learned. I th I'm also a, such a learner that way. Like mm -hmm. I think I ended up. I mean, I learned in my year at Sheridan. I learned some valuable things. Mm -hmm. I learned how to like you know make my resume, make me my audition book, and and like little things like that. But I, but working on the job like is so mm -hmm. valuable. That's why when I sometimes I have young people now ask me because I work with young people um, doing different things, and they're like, oh, what what school would you recommend? And like I'm like. Any school is gonna have its up, yeah, its pluses and minuses, yeah. and you know if you don't find what you want, go take private vocal lessons, yeah. go take private dance lessons, go take private acting lessons. You know, yeah. go, go try to work if you yeah. can. I was, I mean, when I was a lot younger, I thought that you know, oh, who needs who needs a theater school to teach them how to act? But then when I went to theater school, I kind of learned that I had a lot of bad habits that I totally. had to unlearn because yeah, all I yeah. ever did was amateur theater and high school theater which while valuable you can learn a lot of bad habits oh yeah, there. yeah for sure um so i'm really glad that I, I did you know that i was talked into doing that yeah but then i mean you can learn the same thing if you if you take private acting classes yeah and like totally that. um or work with just really good people that you can like kind of emulate yeah. and see how they work and you know learn through yeah that. you don't always get that opportunity though especially no, not over a long period of time yeah that's true because it takes a long time to really sort of figure out, like, who's this person that I'm working with? Mm -hmm. and, you know, what what part of their personality am I seeing every day? Yeah. But if you do, if you work with people for a very long period of time, you really get to yeah sort of see that. Yeah. What was the first professional musical that you did? First professional musical. Um, so I guess like so becoming equity kind of would be sure, yeah, yeah. I guess that would be uh, I became equity and did forever plaid okay so, go. When, when was that was that at, at what is now the Panasonic or was that at a different location? no that was playing um, that was playing and and I was I think I was a bit too young when mm -hmm. that was running in the city I was just a bit too young I think mm -hmm. I was like maybe just when I first got here, so 20 years old, and those yeah. guys were a bit a bit older. Yeah. I think they were like closer to their 30s, that group of boys, yeah. mid-20s mid, mid to 30s. Um, uh, no, it was in Barrie, I think it was called Griffin Theater. Okay. I don't know if they're around anymore. 
And it was kind of, I think it was kind of a co-pro with that theater. So we were in Barrie for a while, and then we were in um, Port Hope. Mm -hmm. So we did the, the show there and then transferred it over to there. Yeah. Huh. You've been working, like, as, as an actor without a day job for, like, a little while now. Yeah. Like, um, and that's, that's pretty, that's a pretty cool opportunity to, to be able to do that. Um... Did I mean ob obviously everybody sort of in a way falls into that kind of work, right? Um, did you? Uh, I mean, you obviously you have had a few uh, uh, ups and down periods where you uh, haven't uh, been able to work that much. Uh, uh, once yeah. in a while, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure, for sure. And and what have you done? Like what kind of day jobs? I've did only you ever worked for Mervis. Oh, really? In two different ways. I worked. Um, First started in in the ticketing offices mm -hmm. at Ticket King, and then did front of house uh, mm. stuff at the theaters. Mm. And I love, you know, I mean, I I love that job. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of good in, yeah. in being able to do that. It's nice. What I like about what I like because I the Ticket King was okay, but that was like a day job. Like yeah. you had the day hours. What I like about the Ed Mervish job is that you basically live your same hours as when you're an actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and you have your days free to go to auditions and you can, you know, do pretty much everything as when you're a performing actor. You have yeah. the same hours. So that's yeah. what I like about that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, and and uh, how long have you, have you done that on and off? I, th I think that I started 2001. Mm. But I, that was a really short little stint with them. I only did two shows with them, and then I left again for like a good, it might have been three or four years, mm -hmm. and then and then came back, and then it was more like steady off and on kind of job. Because mm -hmm. when the first time I worked for the Mervish, I had actually been really lucky, and I worked for a long time without a job, mm -hmm. like without a day job. Um, and so when I had to do that, it was that weird ego prideful thing like oh my god I have to be like a real person and take a job <laughs> you know yeah. and I, and I guess it's more to just like the uncertainness of it like I didn't know like mm. what I was because I'd never done it so it was yeah. like the weird and it's Ed Mervish like it's such an easy fun job yeah but not knowing I was just like oh god this is going to be like stressful and hard and yeah things like that so yeah I really love it there cool yeah, I mean, and it's good to see shows. I mean, you see shows. So good to see, so good to be able to see things and like learn again. If you, if you, you can take that job and be like, I'm so bored. I have to watch this show a million times, or you can learn. Well, every I was time just going to say because you can because now you're able to see you're seeing a show as it evolves over a long period of time and yeah. seeing how the cast goes from oh my god I'm so nervous to kind of how do we keep the show alive and then yeah. figuring it out yeah you know, so fast and even there was one the one the best one that was i worked was um when uh, martin short did his show there mm -hmm. um he did like it was like pre-broadway and so it would it was evolving as we were watching it like mm -hmm. the, it would change on a daily basis like there were sections of the show that were written that way like he he would bring people up and and you know be his Jimmy Glick character, yeah. um, but also just chunks would change or be moved or taken out or added in, huh. and that was like I 
soaked that in like I yeah. if I could be in house I wanted to be in house to see that because it was yeah. like a master watching a master class in comedy with these yeah. people you know mm. and just learning and seeing how that goes so yeah yeah it's great have you done any like I mean right now you have the advantage of, of doing a tour where you sort of you leave your home and you come back in the evening have you done a uh, like a, uh, a tour out of the city where you're on the road for a while? Or um, I did one of Ross Petty's pantomimes mm -hmm. one year, and it was when they decided to take it across Canada. So we started off. I think we started off in Vancouver mm -hmm. and worked our way back across. But we didn't go east. We only went as far as Toronto. Okay, we worked yeah. our way back to Toronto. How long did that take? <sighs> I want to say like. I feel like it was maybe two months. Mm. Like we were never somewhere. We were never somewhere for like long. We do the show. We do the show maybe for like a week in mm. Vancouver, and then like for a week wherever. Like we, I think it was like almost like a week every time, mm. all the way across. So maybe it was even like a month and a half that we were touring mm -hmm. that show. Yeah. But Did uh, I mean is, is touring something that you've enjoyed, or is it just something that you'd rather not do? Um. It's fun. I'm not a great flyer, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you kind of get used to it when you do it that often. Yeah. It was actually not so bad by the end. Mm. Uh, um, but I would, you know, I I don't know. You have to leave home though. You can never really, unless you're doing like a murder show here or something yeah. in the small theaters. Yeah. You're I I, you know, I haven't worked in Toronto. I don't even know when the last show mm. I did that was actually in Toronto, like some fringe stuff. Yeah, but um, like to do a bigger show, it's you're always gone, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I was in Halifax last year. I was in. Um, I don't know where I was. <laughs> I was gone last year, almost <clears throat> like for uh, for a good six months. It's in Halifax. I can never remember what I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, after a while, it's a bit of a. Blur, it does start to blur. blur yeah, right? I, but I was gone for like six, off and on for mm -hmm. six months last year. Um, which was which is great, but it, it, but it you know I mean you just get used to it like yeah. that's that's how it is. It's kind of just the life of, yeah. of an actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I know I mean I've I've talked to a bunch of people on fringe tours and things like that, but and there that's you say you know you're not a good flyer and everybody most people that I'm talking to is like they're driving right from like across Canada and oh, yeah. into a car. That would be hard. That would be hard <laughs> to do. Yeah. yeah, I've never had to do that. <coughs> I've never had to do that. This this one, this show that I'm doing now, we will go up. The farthest we go up is Ottawa, and mm. we're doing a week up there. Um, but I'm from there, so yeah, I'll see bad. friends and family. Yeah. Um, and then we go as far south as like Londony area, and we. I, but that's okay. like a two only a two night thing that we're staying over. Hmm. So mostly every night. I'm home. So you're not you're not really going that far. It's all is it, is all Ontario. All Ontario, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like we were, like yesterday, we were in Hamilton mm -hmm. to do that one thing. So. Yeah, that was the that was that was that the three hundred people yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's so cool. Yeah. Um, with with that show, um, you were talking about the the gentleman who you know you hear about you know this guy hasn't talked anything yeah. like that. Um, is, do you find is there a difference for you in in performing for? Uh, and a more elderly audience than there is for like doing doing other shows um not, not really mm. I don't think so I mean you definitely get 
more of a, I guess more of a rush when there's more people like you can say yesterday when we weren't we didn't expect the 300 people yeah like we definitely were a little bit more obviously pumped up yeah just because it yeah. was like um, and and also it depends on the type of audience because some audiences for smile like some of them are like we have like non-responsive audiences yeah. you know where they're just like they don't move right but they yeah they, you can tell that they're engaged or listening yeah um and then you have like then you have like you know like any other audience yeah. and, and so we were like fortunate enough that this like big group of 300 people were like very wild <laughs> and rowdy <laughs> that's good that's good yeah um i had a thought about something i wanted to ask you about um with you know, as a, as as somebody who is, I mean, you primarily are doing musicals now. Yeah. Um, how how do you obviously working keeps your voice uh, in shape? How do you keep your your voice uh, in shape when you're not doing a show? Um, I'm not like the best at that. Like, I don't <laughs> like really have like a set routine. I mean, just like some singing. I do like mm. good shower concerts for sure when no one's home. Um, pretty much that like I mean I, I guess but I'm always kind of humming and stuff though too yeah. like just I, I think I'm always kind of like even at Mervish like if I'm doing that and you're working lobby and there's like a million people making noise you can get away with humming to yourself for <laughs> the whole time yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah I guess I, I guess just like naturally just kind of always mm. doing something do you do like uh, cabaret performances or there's, I know there's there's a thing at Statler's that I know a lot of people yeah. go to. And they I, if my arm is twisted, I am that, like my hands are sweating just thinking about that. I'm not so great with um, those kind of things. I don't, lo I love my two and a half week, three week rehearsal. Right, yeah. Being prepared, like people are always like, opening night, they're like, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, are you nervous? I'm like, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm not nervous because the preparation and the yeah. work, I feel so at ease and relaxed. Yeah. Cabarets when it's like something thrown together, or I have to like go up and they're like, just go up there and talk about something. I hate being myself okay. on stage. You uh -huh. know, like it's yeah. just it's so stressful to me. Like I'm like, you know, that's why I'm an actor. I want to be other people. Yeah, <laughs> want to be yeah. me. Well, that's not. I mean, that's not <laughs> uncommon for people to have difficulty uh, yeah. as actors. You know, just be yourself. I don't even know what yeah. that is. Yeah, what does that you know? mean? <laughs> um, is there something that, that 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 you wanted to do that you haven't yet? Like show wise, yeah. yeah. I've always wanted to do Into the Woods. I was like, I saw that show. Mm -hmm. That was one of the like, you know, when I was younger, it was like Phantom of the Opera was out and mm -hmm. like Cats. It was like all Andrew Lloyd Webber, yeah. but like Les Mis and all that stuff. And so like I really got into like those musicals, and that was when I really was like, I want to be a musical theater performer was listening to like mm -hmm. you know Cole Wilkinson and being like yeah. amazing you yeah. know like I thought amazing Michael Ball like all of these guys voices that I was just like I want to be like them um, but then like you know Angela Weber you know good but then like Sondheim all yeah. of a sudden like it was yeah. like the PBS Into the Woods oh I, mean, I remember I remember that now. I remember yeah, that it's yeah. amazing yeah and that was like blew my mind away like I was like oh my gosh cause just like you know like musical theater and you really had to act like Sondheim stuff you can't fake that yeah. you know you gotta yeah. like you gotta act as well yeah. so uh, the community theater that I was in when I was a kid 
I was like pressuring them like into the woods, into the woods, into the woods, into the woods. And so then finally, by the time they got it together was the year I was leaving to go to Sheridan. No, we're doing into the woods. I was like, <laughs> I hate my life. And the show keeps eluding me. It's like one of those things that all my life, like mm-hmm. um, there was a company that uh, it, it basically looked like they wanted me to do it. And yeah. I had just booked a trip to Europe. And I was like, I just booked a trip to Europe. Timing. So Timing. it's like those little things, things mm. that just slip away from you. But that happens all the time. That just happened to me again with um, a show out in um, Calgary. Uh, I thought that I kind of missed the opportunity. I, I was working there last year. I was doing spam a lot with um, mm. Stage West. Mm-hmm. And they were doing Young Frankenstein. And I was like, I really want to do that next year. I really want to play Frederick. Yeah. And so like took all of these tap classes throughout the year to prepare for it. And then was talking to the stage manager one day she's like oh where are you gonna be around in December I'm like I'm in Halifax she's like, oh we're having the auditions so I was like great so I had to put that out of my mind because I'm like I missed it yeah um, and then the breakdown came out and they had already cast that was the only role that was already cast so I was like oh okay they already knew who they wanted well then anyways cut to like last week because of the Matilda auditions the guy that they had got Matilda so they called me. They're like, "Can you do Young Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. Can you play the part?" Oh and my I was god! Like, I'm doing a show now until the end of April. Oh my start god! April second. So it was like again one of those things where you're just like, "Yeah, oh, this is a funny business." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was how was Spamalot out there? Amazing. Yeah. I had so much fun. I had so much fun. And you were playing? I was playing Robin. Oh okay. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. It was like one of those dream casts. It was it was a huge cast, yet you know there was like zero backstage drama everybody got along you know that's yeah if something was going on we all made sure we were gonna go out together and do that um but it was a lot of fun it was a a good time that's good yeah favorite number that you got to do from Spamalot well Robin's song clearly (laughs) (laughs) I loved uh that that patter song Mm -hmm. um was a lot but I mean the whole show like just like and we had such a good cast uh so just like one of those things where, like, if you weren't on stage, you wanted to listen to what was happening. Oh, I love if you those weren't shows. busy I changing. Love, I love being in a show <laughs> when, like, everybody is so en- enjoying the show that you're just, everybody's, like, hanging out backstage just to watch what's going on. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. 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 So if you weren't busy, like, changing madly into another costume, you wanted to hear what was going on mm. and see what was going on. But it was nice. That, that was a show. I don't have much paraphernalia up in my house, but mm. I have my... I won an award for the show. Oh, nice. And it was these Calgary Critic Awards, and I didn't know anything about it. And I started getting these texts for, like, the nominations. And I'm like, congratulations, you've been nominated for this thing. So I'm like, I have no idea, no what, idea this what it is. is. Yeah. So then I kind of thought, well, that's nice. And I kind of put it out of my mind because I literally thought, well, I'm not from Calgary. Maybe they just need, like, every category has to have four names. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of put it out of my head, and I totally thought it was nice. And then the night that it was the big award, we all went because the show was nominated. I was nominated. The girl that played Our Lady of the Lake was mm. nominated. So there's enough of us. The director was nominated. So there's enough of us that we all, again, our whole cast went. Did you? Were you already? Were you still in Cap? We were still there, which okay. was so wild That's too. And uh, my sister so happened to be visiting, and so she was all excited. And she's like, oh, "You're gonna win! It's gonna be so great!" I was like, "I'm not. This is so. Yeah. Don't just let's go have fun. You know, let's get into that." Yeah. But then they they did the announcements, and then all of a sudden it was my name, and it was like one of those weird like blackout like could see my name up there and like the noise of people screaming yes yeah but it was yeah. kind of muted uh-huh. and like then turning and seeing people like sh- sh- 
trying to get me to stand up. <laughs> and then I definitely learned too that if you go to an awards thing and you think you have no chance, still fucking have something prepared because I just yeah. like, I don't even remember. I said while I was up there, I was like, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> My sister recorded it, so I got yeah. to watch it afterwards because I laughed. And I was like, I have no idea what just happened. Yeah, but it was nice, yeah. you know. It's like and and when you're like doing a show that you love mm-hmm. and then you kind of get like a, any kind of recognition like yeah. that I mean what else can you really ask for because I don't yeah. know like I've said to people again like uh, younger people starting out in this business I'm like if you have asp- asp- aspirations yeah. of like fame and fortune that's great but like that's not like really reality of what happens here in Canadian theater, especially? It's not even really the reality of what happens in American really, theater. No, really, no, not really. There's maybe like a few people whose name you could say that they are famous in theater, but totally. that doesn't happen. Totally. Much. But so I, I, I would say to them, I said, the best thing and the most you can. Oh, well, I don't know. I, maybe that sounds like you're shooting low. But I always say, like, to get the respect of your peers in the industry mm-hmm. is probably the highest honor I can think of. Yeah. You know, yeah. having people to say like, oh yeah, he's a really good solid performer. He's great mm-hmm. to work with. I mm-hmm. I take that, you know, over like, you know, the Lamborghini any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I mean, Lamborghinis break down. And exactly. You know, you realize that you're in debt because you're maintaining yeah. a Lamborghini, but maintaining theater relationships and having an effect with yeah. people goes, you know, goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and you have, I think that, I mean, once you have that, it's, it, you can think back on that, you know, and it's, it's a thing that you've got. And mm-hmm. like you say, it's like your one piece of theater paraphernalia that you have in yeah. the apartment, which is like, you know, speaks to, speaks to that. Right. Um, once you're done, I mean, the Smile Show is it? It's going for. Uh, It'll go till the end of April. The end of April. Much. Do you know what you're doing after that, or do you? Yeah, I'm going to go do um, the Burlington Art Center. They're doing a production of Spelling Bee that I'm doing. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. nice. Great. Right, and and uh, can you say what role you have in that? Uh, Leaf Coney Bear. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it'll be fun. How long is how long is that uh, going for? I think that starts the end of. The end of June mm-hmm. and runs till the end of July. Oh, nice, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah. it's short, it's short but sweet. Short but sweet. But I mean, there aren't really any long running shows right anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had a friend. She she was living in New York, and when she left Toronto, she uh, it was when you know Les Mis was running for years and Phantom was running for years and like every show was running yeah. for years. Yeah. And that's when she left to go to New York. And when she came back, she was expecting it would still be that way. And now, yeah. I think Kinky Boots is the longest running show yeah. right now, and, yeah. and it's I guess it's going to be closing in the summer. But yeah. like we don't have long running shows now. Toronto's yeah, Toronto. I mean, it had like that heyday of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it was funny. It was like when I when I first started, it was like all those shows, and I was too young to be in anything. Yeah. And then it kind of kind of swung back around again. But then it was like they're all like trying to cast like, you know, rent. I'm not like rent, but like. That was like early on, I guess. Yeah. But then there was like other shows. But then they were really trying to cast like truly cast only teenagers. Yes, yeah. You know, yeah. You're like, okay, so I was too. You were too young, young and now I'm too, too old. old. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny that I mean, we've gone to this this place, this point here where New York theater these shows run for years, yeah, years and years. Like Wicked's still playing, and and you know, Family Opera is still playing, and and, and here. 
maybe it's because we just don't have the theaters to, to support a long run. Because yeah. I know subscribers won't settle for um, all, like a show that runs for years because they want show, show, shows. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, there's only a finite amount of space and t- ticket sales don't go that, that yeah. well for that long. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what, like, Kinky Boots is closing in May, they mm-hmm. say. I don't know. And I don't know if there's if that's like set in stone mm-hmm. because of the American dollar like yeah. if we get all those Americans coming in again like that's when I things mean, are really that's that's true because because I think that when Les Mis and, and Phantom were running for a long time the dollar was not awesome and tour groups were coming in droves yeah yeah so and it was really like I I can say because when I was working at Ticket King know why I put the emphasis on Ticket King. <laughs> <laughs> Ticket King. Um, the whole SARS mm, ridiculousness yes. that was yeah. blown out of proportion killed theater in Toronto. Yeah. Americans stopped coming. Yeah. Like we I saw it. I was on the phones. Yeah. And we had all at that time there was all the shows like The Lion King and yeah. everything that was going on and it just like dropped. Mm. And and it's and then what they tried to do was then it was like okay well to get people we're gonna now we're gonna do all these package deals so like come and pay this amount and you can get the show and and two nights at a hotel and a meal well then then people got used to that and then they didn't want to yes, pay yeah more yeah. without getting all that yeah you know so then it was like you know it just I, that kind of spiraled in that way yeah to, to my understanding of what I was seeing yeah yeah, you know? yeah. so it's it's yeah we we would we would do good getting Americans back. Over here. I mean I mean that's I mean that literally I think that's been the bread and butter of the like the big show the Mervish Theater that's been the what's kept it going. Right. You know, there's great to have have locals, but we need the tour groups. Apparently, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and the same for uh, like Stratford and uh, oh for sure and uh, and Shaw as well. Yeah. Tour groups are, yeah. are what what pay the bills for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't know if that if I think that that's necessarily a good idea that you know we can't do it ourselves. But then, who can? Yeah. Like. Yeah. We are we are in essence a small country. Yeah. You know, and we're doing doing the best we can with what we have. Yeah. Um. So you're doing. You've got uh, a spelling bee. Yeah. Um. And, and are you able to look beyond that yet, or is it? Are like how far ahead Not. can you look? As a not yet well it just depends like some years you know what you're doing all year long mm-hmm. like last year I knew I was like booked up all year mm. um, but like right now that's all I know is like mm. spelling bee and then I'm like hoping <laughs> to call Marie and get my job at yeah. Ed Mervish back are you are you auditioning for stuff right now or is it like what is, what's the audition landscape like right now is it generally um, are there a lot of things auditioning or no I I don't no, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the the last little the last stretch of things too. I've been lucky that it's just been like I've been asked to do oh, these things. Yeah, yeah, And so then you're kind of like when you're already booked for something, you're obviously your agent's not going to send you out on stuff. Yeah. So I've kind of yeah. I'm kind of out of sync of mm-hmm. what's actually auditioning right now mm-hmm. or what's going on. Um, but like I think I think like January and February are usually really busy time. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that all of that is all done. Yeah, you know for. I think pretty much people are all set up for their summers. But I guess like it's later on that yeah, so maybe in the summer there'll be more things for the fall and yeah. winter coming up. Mm. So mm. yeah. We're 
basically at the end of our time. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for, <laughs> for talking with me today. Thank you. Uh, it's been great. Yeah.